Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. Today's Fire Up message is sponsored by a new collaborative project I'm working on called The Radical Entrepreneur. Rebecca Redis and I are launching a new self-paced coaching program called Radical Mastery. If you're an entrepreneur looking to grow your business from six figures into the seven and eight figures, and you are more than ready to live life on your own terms, visit theradicalentrepreneur.com for details on how we help you find your focus, ditch the senseless hustle, and help you put together a plan and process to get you there. Oh, and while you're on the site, click the button and join us for our next web event. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Lori Namazi. She is one of the fabulous gals in my women's group on Facebook, and I can't wait for you to meet her. She is humble, genuine, and truly gracious. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Lori Namazi. So Lori began her career in real estate 15 years ago, and for the last two years, she's been the corporate broker of record for an independent brokerage whose name we're not sharing. (laughs) Okay, she was the first female executive there, which is of note, and the first female broker of record for the brokerage, which is another killer note. She was responsible for 1,850 licensees in 20 offices across three counties in SoCal. As an accomplished operations executive, which we're going to talk about that, and a natural leader, she focuses her efforts on personnel development and improving interdepartmental operational efficiencies. Wow. She holds a master's degree in organizational leadership, is a self-proclaimed lifelong learner. Can I hear an amen? She's also, as many of you know, a very proud mama of two amazing and independent daughters, as well as the wife of the man who makes her laugh so hard she almost pees herself. (laughs) This is one of the best bios I have ever had the pleasure of reading. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh my goodness. It it has been, oh, let's just say it has been such a joy getting to know you, not only on the group, but just in social in general. And I'm really excited for the the women and and the men when they listen on the podcast to get to know you, Lori. So oh, let's start off with uh, sharing your three words. So I always ask everyone, you know, share the three words that you feel describe you best and why. So um, I'm going to share the three words that you shared, and then I'm going to let you take over and share why you chose those three words, because your words are, the, there's all sorts of feels in every single one of these words. So the first one is uh, humility or humbleness. Uh, second is genuine, and the third is grace. So I'm going to let you take it from here and share. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you. Yes, I always think that it's important to remain humble. I'm simply me. You know, I, I'm no one special. I just do what I do, and I do what I love, and I do it genuinely. And my second word is genuine. I, I don't exaggerate about things. If I give you a compliment, it's genuinely from my heart. It's something that, you know, really means something to me because if I 
care for you that deeply, I'm going to really sincerely tell you. I'm not just going to go around and say, love you, love you. That's not who I am. And grace. Grace is something that I would define as when you're both humble and you're genuine, you do things with grace. Um, I don't think a lot of people can demonstrate grace. And I've had so many people tell me that I do, especially recently. A lot of people have said how graceful I've uh, handled a situation. And I'm able to just be calm and provide constructive feedback to people very gracefully that still makes them feel good about themselves. And that's really important to me. Well, and what I love about what you, especially the word grace, and I, I see my, one of my girlfriends, one of the power gals here, um, April, is in the Facebook live chat. It's actually her middle name. And we've had a lot of conversations around grace and around, actually around grace and mercy and about how there's, how to, in today's world, we need to be giving more grace. We, we really need to, you know, I, I'm, I'm often coined the, <laughs> the truth teller who gives her truth wrapped in grace. Right. So, but it's sassy, right? So I'm, I, I really connect with the words that you use in the, in the fact that if I say it, I mean it. I, I, I just, I, I wish everyone felt that way. I wish everyone just operated from an authentic place because I know the more I step into that, that the more I'm attracting the people I'm meant to do life with, the people I'm meant to serve, the people I'm meant to do business with and laugh with and build community with. Like that's the divine process, right? Is you're given this, this element. So how do you, when somebody says to you, wow, you're so filled with grace, Lori, like how do you, how do you talk them through how that, how that naturally flows? Like, do you, What's your net, what's your re response when they say that to you? Well, it's taken a long time for me to just accept the compliment and just say, thank you. You know, thank you for that. That really means so much to me that you feel that way. And I don't want to try to define it to them. I mean, if they ask me, how do, how am I so graceful? I, I honestly couldn't answer that. I just feel it's just part of who I am, it's, it's my DNA, how I'm made up, and how I handle situations and conversations. Well, and, you know, this, this kind of leads back to when we were talking in the green room about your bio and about the line that you shared about how your husband makes you laugh so hard you want to pee yourself. <laughs> and I said, that's just so funny. <laughs> and, and your response was, you know, I just want people to uh, actually experience my humor as well. Yeah. Because you are, you, you have a very calming presence about you. You are, uh, but I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's sleepy energy. I feel like I want to lean into it. It's like hug, it's like a hug, right? <laughs> and so I, I love the combination of knowing that you laugh, just belly laughs with your husband yeah. and that you have this fun personality that once people are blessed to be in your world, they're going to experience. It's just not what people experience first. They get the grace first and then the humor second. <laughs> right. And, and absolutely. And for many years, you know, people thought I was extremely shy and, I, and to some degree I am until I know you. 
But people also thought I was snobby or stuck up, you know, because I had that more introverted personality. And so I love to hang out with my family and my husband and laugh and have a good time. And, you know, it's just a few people in outside of the family in that inner circle who know that really funny and fun side of me. And sometimes it's just me cracking myself up and they're not laughing, but that's okay too, as long as I'm having a good time. <laughs> that's right. You know, I don't, have you watched any of um, Grace and Frankie? I watched a couple episodes. The the Got Netflix. A busy and didn't get into it though. Should yeah. I? Uh, well, I think so. I uh, I love the show and I binge watch it whenever a new season comes out. And what I love about it is, I think that they represent kind of yin and yang, and that we all have both uh, a, a, a Grace and Frankie in us. We, we have this, you know, structured person that likes to get things done, but we also have this hippie that lives inside us that, you know, <laughs> maybe or maybe not desperately wants to, you know, smoke weed, get a little crazy and laugh your butt <laughs> off while you're like strumming on a banjo, you know, um, <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's all the sides of, of who we can be as women. Okay. And, and I, I, what I really love is that, you know, one of the things that, uh, both, uh, well, it's not actually their characters. It's actually Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. But one of the things that they're really passionate about, and I've heard them both talk about both separately and as um, in interviews, is the third act and how we're, women are living longer. And we're able to step into and do so much more with our lives now because we, it's not like we raise kids and then we've got 10 years and, and we're in the grave. Like we have a whole third act. Absolutely. And and the show really represents that. And it represents it not only in business, but also in friendship and relationship and and also redefining who the frick you are. Like just right. because you were some you you represented and you showed up one way yesterday does not mean that that's your predetermined for the rest of your life. And so, yeah, obviously I care about the show. <laughs> <laughs> and brought to you by Netflix. Right. Um, no, that's so cool. I think that that I'm able to exert certain personality traits within myself based on who I'm hanging out with. And I see my good pal Lisa Dunn there's watching, and she's she's one of the ones that helps me to be super goofy and uh, not take myself too seriously all the time. Well, and we know that it's that's so important. You know, I recently. Uh, put together uh, uh, just a, a quick little quote that was just on my heart from a million conversations and, and things over the years. And it was really about how it's so much easier to help someone get out of their comfort zone. <laughs> like, I really want to help you get out of your comfort zone, Lori, but I don't really want to do it for myself. Right. Like I, we need champions. We need the Lisa's. Yes. We need the April's. We need the Rebecca's. We need those, those women. And it can be men. You know, our husbands can definitely be part of that. But I really feel like the, that our girls, that the women in our lives, that sisterhood really does push us forward and, and helps us get out of that comfort zone in a, in a nurturing way, but also in a like kick your booty kind of way. So right. I love that you two have each other. I love that it's your friendversary today. Even. Yes, it is. <laughs> I <laughs> saw that. I thought that's so great. That's that so was great. very cool. You know, and I and I love having adult daughters because I'm able to 
share these experiences with them, you know, 10 and 15 years earlier in their life than I learned in my life, these lessons and the sisterhood. So it's really cool hanging out with them and imparting, you know, the wisdom that, that I've gained over the years, but having them experience it 10 and 15 years earlier in their careers and in their relationships, I, I wish I had had that. I didn't. And so I'm, I'm giving it to them. And fortunately, the, the girlfriends of my daughters, their friends, you know, we all hang out together and that keeps you young too. So it's a lot of fun. What I love about what you just said is I think that I think that this generation, that, that the Gen X generation of, of moms is, well, you know, I, we've always been kind of rogue. Let's just be real. I mean, we kind of raised ourselves, right? Yeah. And, and we ra- raised ourselves in a collaborative manner. <laughs> like even just thinking, so my mom, my parents didn't allow us to have MTV. Like it, we just didn't have cable running to our neighborhood yet. We, you know, we had the antenna on top of the roof and we had the little thing that we turned until it got just the right spot. Right. But we had friends who had cable in their neighborhood. And so when we wanted to see Thriller, we'd all meet at the corner and run down the street. Like we didn't, there was nothing we couldn't solve together, in other words. And I think that we, we carried that into our adulthood. And, and I love seeing it now with my girlfriends who do have grown children who are having those conversations. And I think that, you know, I think our, our moms, my mom was a little different because she's always been kind of a rogue, but they just didn't learn to be a mom like that. Like that wasn't the conversation. And, and so I think that, you know, that in itself is changing the future. You having conversations like that with your children, uh, your adult, your adult friends, right? right exactly. They move into a different position. And I think that that's so beautiful that you still have that. And I love when you share about it. I love when you share about it uh, in group discussions. I love when I see you posting about it. I think that it shows such a healthy uh, example of what that next phase can be between moms and daughters. And so I thank you for being that shining example. Oh, I enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. So let's talk about what you do for fun, because I love the soul tank conversation. You know, I love to find out what people do when they're off the grid. So tell us what you do for fun. Uh, So one of the things I love doing is just driving around in my convertible, which I had the opportunity to do this Super Bowl Sunday. So that was fun. Just driving around, cranking up the music. And, um, you know, the other thing I just really love doing is just sitting around the table with my girlfriends or my daughters or my family and just just hanging out, just being together around the kitchen table or outside at the fire pit, just just sitting there and enjoying each other's company company. And if I'm alone, just let me curl up with a good book. Yes. I also love that you kind of noted that there's usually an adult beverage in your glass. Absolutely. So what, what is your favorite? Are you a wine gal? Are you a bubbles? Are you a vodka? Like what's, what's your, Well, it depends where I'm at. So um, here at home, I've got a beautiful garden full of mint. So my drink of choice is mojito. That's the house drink and I'll make mojitos for everybody. Ooh. But if I'm out, you know, good glass of wine or, um, you know, something fruity, fruity and fun is always a good idea. Something tropical. I love it. Uh, you know, one of the first things I learned about, um, Inez, uh, I think it's her last name is Garcia. I'm, I might be, I might be wrong with that, but she's down in Florida. Do you know her? 
what's her first name? Inez, I-N-E-Z. Uh, I'm, okay. not, I'm not sure. She's not super active inside the group. But one of the things that when I, I, I when social media first got big and everybody started like, okay, let's all go on Twitter. Uh, she was known for talking and sharing the best mojitos in Miami. Oh, wow. And she shared all sorts of photos and all sorts of recipes. And I think, you know, I love knowing that because when I, even when I went to Miami, I was like, I messaged her and said, hey, where should I go to get a mojito? Right. Now I know when I'm in SoCal, I can say, hey, Lori, make me one of your awesome mojitos. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. When we share, we get to really know each other on, on a cool level. And I love fresh mint, by the way. I love it in Everything and anything I can put it in. I love oh, it yeah. in water with cucumber water. and lemon. Oh my gosh. Yum. Yeah. I love that. And I love the convertible. I now I am in Seattle. Now it is a fallacy that it rains here all the time. Although I may have to get my Seattle card back when I say that. But it is gray here a lot. So yes. we have a lot of people with a lot of convertibles. We just have the heat on our feet when the top's down. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's so much that fun. Works. That works. Yeah, it's, well, I'm it's in SoCal, so you know we've got to we've got to enjoy our sunshine. Yeah, I know. Rebecca was just telling me that it was like 80 degrees there last week. And it's I was been like, 80, 80 the entire month of January. Ah! Yeah, it's it's crazy. That is. I have to make sure I wear a hat because I'm so fair skinned that of course I'll get a sunburn. Oh my goodness! Yes, wear hats. It's good. That's good. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the next one, which is your superpower. <laughs> what is your superpower? So my superpower is calmness. You know, that's a really thought-provoking question. I really had to dig deep to see, okay, what makes me different than, uh, than everybody else? And one of the things that I take pride in is... I'm usually very calm in lots of situations, except for the little power outage we almost had as we were starting this. Yeah. <laughs> you alluded to it earlier. So, yeah, uh, doing this uh, this podcast from my phone and uh, about to run out of battery the second we're about to start. So I had a momentarily, momentary freak out, but I'm normally very calm and, you know, have a calming personality. And I think that gets people through a lot of tough times, whether it's business situations or personal situations, you know, just my calm and my quietness, I can help center people and, and bring them back to a, a space where they're not freaking out. Well, I'm sure there's many amens being shouted out right now. We all need that superpower in our lives. And it is so true. Um, I love what Rebecca just said here, that being calm is a super, superpower. Not many can stay calm in all situations. And oh, yes, awesome. even even as you were like, uh, I think my phone's going to run out of power. Like you weren't shouting and swearing. You were just like <laughs> digging around. You're like, where's my cord? <laughs> like yeah. I'm going to run out of power. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that there's, I think that we underestimate the power of keeping people calm. You know, I think that it's there. I love that feeling when I'm with my mom and I feel like I'm freaking out and she just puts her hand on my shoulder, right? Oh, that, nice. Just that feeling like, okay, it's going to be all right. I was actually just saying to her last week, um, so I've been fighting that nasty flu I brought home from Imman Connect. 
And I, I'm voxing with her. My mom voxes. She's awesome like that. Cool. And I was just saying to her, you know, like there, it's just that feeling when you're sick, even, even at 44, I just want to go drive home and go curl up next to my mom in her robe and just be like, like just <laughs> <not> <laughs> jump in there, you know, it's so, oh, that's so sweet. But because I think, I think there is that, that calming effect that yes. she has, like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Let me get you some tea. Uh, and nurturing is something that I think in, it, it doesn't always translate well in social media. And so I think that when you're with somebody who is great at that, that it, you can really, it really stands out. So I love that. I think that's so great. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about what you love to talk about, because I think, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about in not only in my practice outside of the group with DebraTrapin.com, but with power women, with, with women up, with, um, with all of these different things that are happening inside the space of women in leadership, it's women mentoring each other. It's women teaching each other, helping each other, highlighting each other, hiring each other. And so I love to, I want people to know what they can come to Lori for. Like if, if there is somebody listening that needs what you need, I want them to be able to connect with you on that. So go ahead and share with everyone who's listening, what you, what's on your heart to share with the world? Just in general, what's on my heart to share with the world? Well, or, or work related. I think it, you know, I think it could be both, right? I mean, I think that, I think we're getting into a space where we're, especially inside real estate, but I think in general inside the work environment that we're ha we have to bring the feminine and the masculine together. We have to bring the the home life and the work life into the conversation. So I say go either. Okay. Well, I think, you know, I think that it's really important that people figure out how to work together. You know, we're all in this together, where it, whether it's a family situation or a work situation, you know, we're here in this situation together. So let's work together. Let's not fight. Let's not fuss over who gets what responsibility or who gets what glorious, you know, task to do. It's a matter of us coming together and figuring out, okay, you know, what are we here to accomplish? What do we need to do? And so I have found over my entire life, I've always been part of some type of organization. When I was a kid, I was in Girl Scouts for nine years, and I was the person behind the scenes always organizing all of our events. You know, we'd go camping, I'd make the lists. We need the shopping list. We need the the um, equipment list. So I was always that person coordinating. And then when I was in high school, I was in the marching band, and that was that was a blast. I have some of my my best friends in the world are from that um, from that group. And once again, I found myself in the background, always just kind of coordinating everybody, um, making sure everybody was calm and and responsible. And then you know, years later, I find myself in organized real estate doing the same thing. Now I sold real estate for a couple years, and I loved the business, but I didn't love selling. I loved being, you know, behind the desk, the operational side, um, focused on personnel development and encouraging our agents. You know, I'm not going to be that 
sales coach for the agents, but I'm that cheerleader for the agents of, hey, you got this, you know, just go out there and be you and go, go take this listing, you know, so that's what I offer, you know, I'm, I'm the person that can figure out all the things that need to happen and make them happen and motivate others to get them to make the parts that they're responsible for happen as well. Well, and you know what I love about the answer that you gave when we went through the initial Q&A was that one of the things that you're proud of is that you've mentored over a dozen professionals in your career that have gone on into other leadership roles. And, and that's the definition of a leader. Right. Somebody who isn't trying to keep people small, somebody who's actually trying to bring potential out of the person to the point where they they do things better than you do. They know how to organize things better than you do. And I think that there's a lot of power in that. And, you know, the the conversation and the topic of just having an operations executive in an organized in in organized real estate it's, you know, obviously the big box brands all have COOs. That's usually the seat that comes before CEO, right? right. And, and so I think that there's, there's so much opportunity inside the, the real estate industry in particular to really embrace that kind of role. I think far too often it falls under an office manager role. Right. Or even I'm sure you've seen like it falls a little onto the broker, a little onto the front desk, a little into accounting, a little into HR when when really, um, you know, uh, just the, the warm fuzzy I get from thinking about the person who makes all the lists so that everything <laughs> gets done. Like what else about being an operations executive do you just love to do like if you had to give like th two or three things that you love about being an operations executive that you cannot wait in your next opportunity what would those be well I really love rolling up my sleeves and just digging right in and whether it's a restaurant business or the real estate business you know the product doesn't matter what matters is how you operate the business. And so, you know, I like to really get close up. You know, I have a keen eye for details and looking to see, okay, what specifically needs to happen? But then I have the ability to zoom way out and say, okay, but if we do this in this one area, how is it going to break in the other area? What is the impact? How are these things interrelated? And so I've been very fortunate to be able to have both views, both point of views, to be able to work with departments across the company, a variety of departments, areas I'm not even, you know, confident in. I'm not an IT expert by no means, but I can work very closely with the IT department to figure out how do we as a group make something happen? You know, we've got this grand initiative. How are we going to make it happen? Who needs to get involved? And so I've been really blessed to be that go-to person where people know no matter what, I'm going to understand it because I've dug deep, looked at it very closely, and yet can understand the impact it'll have on other people and other responsibilities. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is as I'm listening to you, I'm just connecting the dots to your bio, 
and to the fact that you were the first female executive at your brokerage. You were the, the, the first broker of record at your brokerage. But in case anybody hasn't figured it out yet, you're not there anymore. That's right. And, and so, so what, you know, and, you know, are there other women still in the leadership roles? Like, did, did they see the power of that ability? Like, this is sometimes where, where I think that we, we need to focus on how telling these stories of what, what isn't working so that we can figure out how to make it work or to just say, it's never going to work like we want it to. And we need to start going towards a different goal. Right. So, so what, what do you feel? Why do you feel like now you're looking for something new? Like what's, what, what are you hoping to see and experience in what's coming next based on in, in, in reality, what wasn't working before. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the company is over 40 years old and, and for the majority of those 40 years, it was male, male dominated in management. And, you know, you've got a few women branch managers, you've got a few department heads, but I was the first female executive. And, what I brought to the table initially was the calmness. There was too much testosterone in the room. And so I was brought in to help calm that. Uh, I think one of the things that I struggled with was um, my genuineness in saying that I've grown up with the company. And so I think perhaps I was always perceived as, as younger, less experienced than the men in the room who'd been in the business 20 and 30 years. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it was, you know, male versus female, but there were certainly enough elements of that. And so I honestly just felt that I outgrew the opportunity there. You know, there were additional male executives coming into the company. We did have um, two additional female executives and, you know, that landscape has also changed. Um, I'm, I'm not the only one that's no longer there. But I think for me, the next opportunity is really something where I can can walk in and prove, you know, I am an accomplished operations executive. I didn't just grow up to be that here in this one company. And so right. I'm looking for, you know, an, a new big opportunity where people will honor the fact that, hey, I'm just a great operations executive. It doesn't matter how many years I've been in the business or whether I'm female or, or not. Um, and so I'm just looking for something that, you know, I can really prove, you know what, I know what I'm doing and I'm here to add tremendous value to your organization. Right. Well, and, and, you know, what's so interesting, Lori, is I think we all into the room. The reality is, is that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. I mean, we, I remember reading a really great, great quote from one of my friends who he's, he's really passionate about uh, his, not only his, his race and the color of his skin. I mean, he is a proud black man, but he also is really passionate. And I think that that to me is where I'd love to see us ultimately go. Like when someone explains or describes me as that, you know, the, the, the tall white redhead, it, it's, I'm okay with that. 
right? I'm probably okay <laughs> with it too. <laughs> so I'm probably not as tall as you. <laughs> but, but you get my point. It's like if we could just start shifting things into it, instead of it being a label, it just being observant. Right. And, 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 you know, shifting our mindset into that, that, you know, yeah, it would be great to have it, your female energy and perspective on an executive team because we recognize there are differences and the differences are okay. One isn't better than the other. And right. there, there are so many conversations going on right now. Uh, and I, I can feel my business partner, Rebecca going, yes, preach it <laughs> about, <laughs> about the step. We're creating too much of a divide right now. Like the pendulum is swinging too far. And, and I think that women like you who are, who are just so bold and have these amazing talents to really bring people together and operations really is that it is the glue in an organization. It is, you know, the, the Oracle in, in a group, right? It's the person who everyone's coming to, to say, here's what I got going on. What resources do I have access to? And, and so I'm so excited to see where you land next. And, and I hope that somebody listening is going, oh, I need Lori because there, we need more Lori's in organizations. We need, you know, a calming, organizing entity that can bring both sides, masculine and feminine, you know, black and white, all into the same space and go, okay, let's work together. All right, come on. I see it. I feel it. You can too. I, I know you can. I'm right here. I'll hold your hand if I need to. So I love that. I love it, love it, love it so much. Okay, so we are nearing the end of our time. And I always love to give an opportunity for you to just share, like based on our conversation today, or just something that's just been tickling your brain, a bit of advice for those people listening? Well, I think the advice I would give is just be true to yourself. And if you are in a situation that is not working for you anymore, be bold and make a decision. And I, I spent far too many years wondering if I should make a decision and finally realized, make the decision. Be bold enough to make the decisions and don't have any regrets. Everything will work out. I've never found myself in such dire straits that I couldn't get out of any situation. And so, you know, I, I walked away from a career a couple weeks ago because I knew there's something bigger and better waiting for me. And when I'm able to tell everybody, here's what, I'm, here's what I offer and here's what I'm looking for, those great opportunities would, would present themselves. So I guess just... Don't be stuck in something where you're not happy. That's my advice. That's so beautiful. I think being bold is so important. And I think um, if I could add to that, it's the have have the Lisa to your Lori, right? <laughs> right. right? Have, have the, the Grace to your Frankie. Like have that person that is there to cheer you on, that is there to remind you of your greatness. Because so when important. you're... Yes. Right. And, and I, I have just absolutely loved our conversation today. I, I know that lives are going to be changed by just hearing your voice and hearing your journey and, and hearing you share your story. So thank you so much for blessing all of thank us. Thank you for the opportunity. As always, thanks for joining me today. Until next time, remember to look for 
and embrace those fire-up opportunities to engage, elevate, and empower your world. For more information on the topic today, or to connect with me about working together at your next event, retreat, or conference, visit DebraTrapin.com and click Connect on the menu. Talk with you soon. Yeah.